Melbourne, your City of Melbourne magazine, June-July 2017. This audio magazine has been recorded by Vision Australia on behalf of the City of Melbourne in the interests of information accessibility. Your narrator is David Tredinick. The recording lasts for approximately one hour and 25 minutes overall. Here's what's inside. Lord Mayor's message. African leaders emerge. Creepy crawly crusaders. Your say. Retail and hospitality boom. Heritage honour for market. Tour the town hall. Biodiversity leaders unite. Explorers on the move. Art by design. Discover your creative city. Events calendar. Time travel at Arts House. Weight of the World exhibition. Docklands Firelight Festival. Grants offer pedal power. Get stuck in at Art Play. Buskers dream big. Dialogue in the dark. Art for all cultures. Men's shed seeks new mates. The art of sisterhood. In brief, your council, council meetings, Lord Mayor's commendations, contact, closing announcement. On the cover, Nick Athanasio from Skunk Control, the design collective behind some of Melbourne's latest public art. Lord Mayor's message from Robert Doyle. There's no doubt we're experiencing a population explosion in the inner city and inner suburbs of Melbourne. And why not? It's the world's most livable city. However, as density increases, the pressing need to find open space gets more and more difficult. In the last 25 years, I've seen Southbank go from a wasteland of old factories and warehouses to Melbourne's densest suburb, Southbank now has less open space than any other postcode in the municipality, at just three square metres per resident. Access to quality open space is integral to our quality of life, and something that our forefather, Charles Latrobe, recognised at the time of Melbourne's settlement when he set aside large parcels of land around the city for parks and open spaces, which we enjoy to this day. That's why the City of Melbourne tries wherever and whenever possible, to turn asphalt into more green open space in the inner city. The most exciting of these projects in the city is Southbank Boulevard. We can, through an investment of $35 million, turn part of the road into a park that will be bigger than anything we have created since Birrarung Ma. Traffic modelling indicates that the proposed changes would have minimal impact on parking and traffic in the area. In 1988, Southbank Boulevard carried 40,000 vehicles a day. The boulevard now carries 13,000 vehicles a day after direct access to the central city was closed following the construction of Queensbridge Square in 2001. Some of the most exciting work we do is not on large-scale projects such as this, however. It is identifying the small underused, no longer needed roadways that can be turned into the smallest of pocket parks. Indeed, the City of Melbourne has converted around 80 hectares of underutilised asphalt and other infrastructure into expanded public open space over the last 30 years. Finally, of course, in the coming years, the largest open space project the city will be involved in will be the conversion of 1.5 hectares of asphalt car park at the Queen Victoria Market, 
over the site of Melbourne's first cemetery, into an open space. This very large public open space adjacent to the Flagstaff Gardens could be used for dining, restaurants, events or just relaxation in a precinct where we expect to see 12,000 new residents in the next five to six years. Signed, Robert Doyle, Lord Mayor. Twitter, at Lord Mayor Melb. An accompanying photograph shows Lord Mayor Robert Doyle at Grow Show, which brings greenery into the central city. African leaders emerge. 26 African women have graduated from a special leadership course run by RMIT University as part of the City of Melbourne's Empowering Women project. Halima Mohammed, a former Member of Parliament in Somalia, said the participants came from diverse backgrounds and cultures, some highly educated and others with little or no formal education. The City of Melbourne was keen to empower all of us, and now the women can go back into their communities and provide grassroots support to others, Halima said. When you build the confidence of women, that's when communities flourish. Zainab Mahmood, President of the African-Australian Women's Council in Victoria, said migrant women show great courage in coming to Australia. However, many lose confidence when they arrive and find it hard to integrate into society. This is due to differences in culture and environment, and limited language skills can also make it hard for women to assist their children with their studies. The women love to study, work and do their best, but often find it hard to get employment, Zineb said. This leadership education and recognition from RMIT is something respectable and valuable. It will help women generate sustainable income, create new social enterprise and do something which has value. It's about being participants, not recipients, and it's about dignity. The graduates agree that the course has increased their confidence and team management skills through peer-to-peer -peer empowerment. Through empowering African women, they aim to empower the wider community, making Australia a fairer country for women. I would like to see more women realise how wonderful and powerful they are, Zainab said. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash African Australian Project. An accompanying photograph shows Zainab Mahmud, Alima Mohammed, Diko Tahili and Natasha Zansi. Creepy Crawly Crusaders Scientists from RMIT University have turned an insect research project into a children's book called The Little Things That Run the City. Creators Kate Cranny, Sarah Bekesi and Louis Mata hope the book will help people understand the important role that insects play in urban environments. Insects spread seeds, pollinate flowers, produce honey, keep soil healthy, help control weeds and are also food for other animals like lizards and birds, Kate said. You could say that insects are Melbourne's hardest workers, Lewis said. During the project, Catherine and Lewis enjoyed being out and about in Melbourne's green spaces to find and photograph ants, bees, beetles and other bugs. They even found a new species of ant living in a eucalypt in Princess Park. 
children swarmed to see what we were collecting. Adults were equally intrigued. It's amazing to see what bugs live in our backyard, right in the middle of the city, Kate said. Up close, a seemingly dull-looking insect can be surprisingly beautiful, with patterned wings, strangely shaped antennae, and body segments that shine with iridescent colours. The little things that run the city were supported by the City of Melbourne and will be used as a learning tool in the Junior Rangers program. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash urban nature. An accompanying photograph shows a Melbourne bee, photographed by Lewis Mata. Your Say Letter of the Month Thank you for another fantastic Junior Rangers adventure in Royal Park. I have a seven-year-old daughter who has been a Junior Ranger several times now. Ranger Johnny was in his usual top form, perfectly pitched for the age range, and it was a privilege to have Uncle Bill join in and share so much of his distinctive historical and environmental insight. I genuinely hope this program runs until I am a grandmother. Kirsty. Share your thoughts with us at melbournemag at melbourne.vic.gov.au How does the City of Melbourne welcome new Australians? This year, Melbourne will welcome more than 1,000 new citizens to our city through ceremonies at Melbourne Town Hall. We welcome each person with a native plant to symbolise their growth and establishment in Australia. Tweets at City of Melbourne, from Melbourne Boy. Loving exploring the lanes of City of Melbourne today and finding some awesome street art. From F. Sweetman. Statistics suggest there are 1,200 retail spaces in the city, but today only 39 are vacant. Hashtag retail hospitality strategy. From Bernoulishik. Resilient and connected cities create safe spaces and arts and culture for all. At City of Melbourne, Resilient Melb. Hashtag MICF 2017. From Global Streets. Every city should aspire to copy, steal and adapt from City of Melbourne and activate your hashtags, laneways, lanes, alleys, urban art, walkable cities. From Aero Have No, passed an interesting City of Melbourne initiative in Queensbridge Square this morning, encouraging pedestrians and cyclists to work together. From Kate Orty, C40 Cities, Eco City 2017, launched today. Happy to speak and encourage climate change. At City of Melbourne, C40 Cities, hashtags Eco City 2017. Climate change. Instagram. Share your Melbourne moments on Instagram with the hashtag MelbMoment. The print edition of Melbourne magazine shows a selection of recent images. From Billy Dash John, a colourful interior of a greenhouse with flowers in bloom. From Stainless 2727, a street scene under the Flinders Street elevated railway with crowds and bright canopied stalls. From Rafi Halim, the view from the St Kilda Road Bridge over the Yarra River and South Bank. 
from Stainless 2727, a close-up of a lemur eating a piece of fruit, from Butcher, Baker & Co., a brunch plate accompanied by coffee and toast, from Nicky Cross, a scene from the Botanical Gardens showing a lake and various trees and water plants in bloom, from Remus underscore 1988, the front entrance of Flinders Street Railway Station lit up at night. From F. Cruz Fotografia, a group of young people watching a street artist painting with a spray can. Connect with us. www.facebook.com forward slash City of Melbourne. www.twitter.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Instagram.com forward slash City of Melbourne. City Mart Challenge. Resilient Melbourne is inviting creative, feasible and powerful ideas to reduce traffic congestion, combat social isolation and make everyday travel more socially fulfilling. Submissions close Friday the 23rd of June. Find out more at resilientmelbourne.com.au forward slash citymart. Westgate Tunnel. The State Government has released the design for the Westgate Tunnel Project, which links the Westgate Freeway with the central city via a tunnel and elevated freeway. To find out more, visit participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au. Retail and hospitality boom. For 10 years, the City of Melbourne has worked to grow Melbourne's retail and hospitality industries in partnership with the Victorian Government. Councillor Susan Riley, Chair of the Small Business, Retail and Hospitality Portfolio, said the sectors are now thriving alongside employment, population and visitation growth. We are working with the community to help small businesses capture new markets and harness new technologies. We also support city businesses through funding, seasonal marketing campaigns, events, tourism and business development initiatives, Councillor Riley said. Key projects for the near future include 17 new designated food truck sites in the central city, the renewal of Queen Victoria Market and building Melbourne's first retail tech community. Melbourne fashion label Alpha 60, a creative experiment that blossomed into a national retail enterprise, is also celebrating 10 years in business. My sister Georgie and I made a shirt for me to wear out one night and a few friends wanted one, so we made five. Five turned into ten, ten into fifty, and so we began, Director Alex Cleary said. The first couple of years were a love project, but gradually momentum gained and we decided to try and make it into a business. Georgie and Alex made a five-year plan, hoping to eventually support themselves on their earnings, open a store and do a solo show at a fashion festival. After achieving all this and more in just nine months, the next priority was to open more stores. However, in a changing retail landscape, Alpha 60 had to be nimble. In our ten years of retailing, we have seen the rise of internet shopping that has reshaped the retail landscape, Unfortunately, this has seen the decline of the multi-brand retailer, but it has seen the rise of single-label stores, Alex said. Melbourne City is an exceptional retail area. It is vibrant and interesting, 
There are lots of interesting shops and areas to explore. We view our shops as showrooms for shoppers who shop later online and as a place where online shoppers can come and be involved with the product. After reaching their peak of stores in Australia, Georgie and Alex intend to expand overseas soon. Between 2013 and 2015, retail and hospitality spending in the city of Melbourne by city workers, students and residents grew by 16% to $3.03 billion. In July 2016, the retail vacancy rate was around 2.4% the lowest in five years. The City of Melbourne has also recorded a 6% increase in retail jobs and 800 new cafes and restaurants since 2006. The Melbourne Retail and Hospitality Strategy includes more than 40 actions to make Melbourne a diverse, vibrant, globally sought-after destination, Councillor Riley said. The Victorian Government's support of this strategy over 10 years recognises the importance of our retail and hospitality industry to the economic health of the wider economy. The Year 3 report of the Melbourne Retail and Hospitality Strategy 2013-2017 to is now available online. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Retail Hospitality. Accompanying photographs show Alpha 60's new store at Chapter House, next to St Paul's Cathedral, which will transform at night to host art, music, dance and events. And brother-sister duo Georgie and Alex Cleary, who began designing fashion as a hobby. Heritage Honour for Market A nomination to add Queen Victoria Market to the National Heritage List is being considered by the Australian Heritage Council. Public comments are due by the 14th of July. Lord Mayor Robert Doyle said the City of Melbourne first proposed the market for National Heritage inclusion in 2015 and the listing would be a major milestone in the history of the site. The Queen Victoria Market is an irreplaceable link to the very foundation of our city the Lord Mayor said. We are committed to preserving and protecting the site so it remains part of our city forever. The City of Melbourne has commissioned a number of heritage assessments into the physical fabric, social and economic importance of the market, including ethnographic research into its sites, sounds and atmosphere. The National Heritage List recognises outstanding national heritage values, including physical elements as well as the stories, people or events connected to a place. Listing does not change land ownership or the management of a place or restrict its normal day-to-day operations. Our ultimate aim remains the UNESCO World Heritage Listing of Queen Victoria Market, the Lord Mayor said. That is what we are working towards as we commence the $250 million renewal of Queen Victoria Market, the largest renewal of any market in the world right now. The public consultation period is an important opportunity for those with an interest in the site, including owners, traders and Aboriginal groups, to have their say. After the submission period, the Australian Heritage Council will finalise its assessment and give this to the Australian Government Minister for the Environment and Energy to consider. For more information, 
visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Queen Victoria Market. The accompanying photograph shows the marketplace in 1907. Image courtesy Queen Victoria Market. Tour the Town Hall. Explore the treasures of Melbourne's historic Town Hall on a free tour. Town Hall tour guide Jim McInerney has shared the stories of Melbourne with locals and visitors for 16 years. My favourite part of being a Town Hall guide is meeting people from all over the world with so many different stories, Jim said. Visitors love seeing the council chambers, the main auditorium, the piano Paul McCartney played when the Beatles visited Melbourne in 1964, and behind the grand organ. First built in 1929, the grand organ has almost 10,000 pipes across three town hall levels and uses 90,000 cubic feet of air every minute. I first came to the town hall as a child in the mid-1950s for a concert, though I didn't appreciate the grandeur of the place at the time, Jim said. Many visitors also have personal connections to the town hall and share these with the group during the tour, so I'm always learning new facts about its history. Free town hall tours are available on weekdays at 11am and 1pm, with special tours in July for Open House Melbourne. Tours often book out, so reservations are highly recommended. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash tours. An accompanying photograph shows a guide showing visitors around the town hall. Biodiversity Leaders Unite Experts from around the world have met in Melbourne to investigate how to transform cities through nature, making them more livable and resilient. The 100 Resilient Cities Network Exchange saw expert teams from Boulder, Samarang, Durban, New Orleans and Melbourne explore what urban areas can do to be more resilient to extreme weather events and promote health and well-being. Network and Learning Director Paul Nelson, based in New York, said cities around the world are facing many of the same challenges. We applaud Melbourne's leadership in convening this important exchange and furthering the conversation on the critical role of urban biodiversity in strengthening cities' resilience to a broad range of shocks and stresses, Paul said. Bringing together these leaders helps advance not only the critical work outlined in Melbourne's resilience strategy, but also the urban resilience-building efforts of cities across the globe. Participants can take that knowledge those innovations and those solutions back to their cities to reshape their resilience-building efforts now and in the future. A research paper on the exchange findings and a database of resilience interventions will be launched at the EcoCity World Summit to be held in Melbourne from the 12th to the 14th of July. For more information, visit resilientmelbourne.com.au. The accompanying photograph shows Chief Resilience Officers Jeff Herbert from New Orleans, Toby Kent from Melbourne, Deborah Roberts from Durban, Pernomo Dui Sasonko from Samarang, and Greg Guibert from Boulder. Explorers on the Move 
Melbourne's oldest public memorial, the iconic Burke and Wills Monument, has been removed from City Square to protect it during Metro Tunnel construction works. University of Melbourne historian Professor Kate Darian-Smith said the five-metre artwork is an integral part of the city's fabric. The story of Burke and Wills is one of Australia's great national myths of the colonial era, though today we can appreciate that the explorers perished because they refused the help of Aboriginal people, Kate said. The monument was created by sculptor Charles Summers and erected in 1865. Since then, it has seen Melbourne evolve into today's modern city. It has been in place during extraordinary changes to the built environment of the city and its transport systems, including cars, trams and now the new Metro Tunnel project. Robert O'Hara Burke was an Irish-born explorer who led the first colonial expedition to cross Australia from north to south. On the 20th of August, 1860, a party of 19 men, wagons, horses and camels departed from Melbourne. Surveyor William Wills became Burke's second-in-command. In November, Burke, Wills and two others, Charles Gray and John King, left the group at Cooper's Creek and travelled north, arriving at the Gulf of Carpentaria in early February 1861. The return journey was difficult, and Gray died. When Burke, Wills and King arrived at Cooper's Creek, they found the camp had been abandoned just hours earlier. Burke and Wills were to perish in the outback, attempting to travel south to Melbourne, Kate said. The bodies of Burke and Wills were recovered and returned to Melbourne, where a state funeral was held in recognition of the men as colonial heroes. A rescue party found King alive because he had accepted the assistance of local Aboriginal people. In keeping with Burke and Will's reputation as explorers, this isn't the first time the monument has moved. First located at the intersection of Collins and Russell Streets, the statue was moved to Spring Street when the Collins Street tram was installed, to Carlton Gardens when Parliament Station was built, and finally to City Square in 1979. The Burke and Wills Monument will be safely stored and undergo conservation assessment and treatment before it is returned to City Square, which will be an entrance point into the new CBD South Station. Metro tunnel works are underway across Melbourne, with full details available online. For more information, visit metrotunnel.vic.gov.au Art by Design Discover your creative city. Melbourne's reputation as a destination for art and culture extends far beyond its concert halls, galleries and even its famous laneway murals. Design is everywhere, from street furniture to bluestone paving and public art, each element contributing to a distinct sense of place. Streets make up 80% of the public realm, so if you design a good street, you design a good city, said the City of Melbourne's principal industrial designer. For many years, our design team has thought of our streetscapes as a frame for the city, within which all the colourful activity and commerce that makes Melbourne tick can take place. The frame should be attractive and complement the picture it holds. 
but not distract from or overwhelm the subject. In the early 1980s, councillors made a commitment to create an improved urban landscape, widening and activating footpaths to make the city more appealing and safe. A key part of this was the incremental replacement of asphalt footpaths with basalt, widely known as bluestone. This hardy material from Victoria's volcanic plains echoes Melbourne's historic cobblestones. The City of Melbourne's systematic rollout of sawn bluestone saw its use expand from a few discrete street sections in 1985 to almost 80% of the central city. Bluestone pavements are now one of Melbourne's most defining features. To complete the picture, the City of Melbourne also began designing its own street furniture, including benches, bins, drinking fountains, fruit and flower stands and tram stop shelters. Materials and forms have been refined over the decades to create a harmonious backdrop that is easy to install, maintain and replicate. Today, Melbourne's iconic designs are licensed for use across the globe. Our key materials are stainless steel, aluminium, granite and bluestone. These materials are quality and easy to maintain, so paying a little more at the outset pays dividends down the track, said the principal industrial designer. We had to work with the times, evolving the tops of rubbish bins when smoking was banned indoors and converting newspaper pillars into trading cylinders. Even our lights are just vessels, so we can insert new technology as it evolves. La Petite Creperie has been trading from a converted newspaper pillar since 2012, serving crepes in takeaway cones late into the evening. Co-owner Patrizia Maselli said that staff and customers react to the tiny space with surprise and delight. We get many passers-by who are often surprised by our presence, still in awe of how they have stumbled across a mini French kitchen on a busy Melbourne street, Patrizia said. It is a very small working space, and it's so accessible to our customers, who are drawn to the aromas, sounds and theatre of our authentic French crepes being cooked on demand. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash streetscapes. The accompanying photographs show a newspaper cylinder designed by the City of Melbourne, which is now a miniature crepery. A futuristic bench blending into the streetscape. Slender tram stop shelters complementing the urban landscape. And chairs in Burke Street Mall. Skunk Control Shines Art Science Collective Skunk Control from Victoria University, has made Melbourne its canvas, captivating passers-by through glowing installations. Founder and chemistry lecturer Nick Athanasio said merging art with science brings magic to the urban landscape. Kids create their own worlds under their beds or in their wardrobes. That goes away as we grow up, so we try to create an environment where you can recreate that magic, Nick said. Having people ask... How does it work is the best part. The process of asking questions and challenging things, that's where the crucible of knowledge begins. Skunk Control's latest installation at Mill Place, supported by the City of Melbourne, creates a laneway wonderland through coloured lights.
I'm a Melbourne boy, so working in the laneways is top-notch to me, said Nick. They are like rips in reality, where you can engage and then pop back out again, taking something with you. It's great to be able to contribute to that. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash love your laneway. An accompanying photograph shows Nick Athanasio in the skunk control workshop. Make the city your studio. Artists who seek to test independent, courageous and experimental public art ideas on the streets of Melbourne are invited to apply for the Test Sites program. Previous participant Matthew de Moiser, who works with everyday objects to explore the way people view the world, created a light installation for Union Lane. Lux Populi is an interactive light screen made from 176 modified off-the-shelf motion-sensing nightlights, Matthew said. The work allowed people passing by to paint the walls with light using just their hand and body movements. Test Sites offers artists seed funding, workshops and a central city canvas through which to explore and develop new ideas under the guidance of select mentors. The trial artworks pop up unexpectedly around Melbourne, allowing the public to chance upon artists in action. Even though I did a small test in my studio first, there was no way of knowing for sure if it would work, until all of the lights were actually installed, Matthew said. I was surprised to see how freely people interacted with the work once it was turned on, including touching it, which is very different to a gallery space, Test sites allowed me to experiment freely with a new idea and without the added pressure of it needing to succeed. Applications for the next round of seed funding open in July. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash test sites. An accompanying photograph shows Lux Populi lighting up as a person passes by. Events calendar. A few of our favourite things. 5th of May to the 5th of August. Recenter, Sisters. The latest City Gallery exhibition, curated by Kimberly Moulton, shares the work of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander female artists that recenter her stories, subverting patriarchal Australia from a sovereign women's point of view. This exhibition is presented as part of the Yirrimboy First Nations Arts Festival. 27th of May to the 24th of September. Linden New Art Pop-Up. Linden New Art is in residence at Domain House in the Royal Botanic Gardens, while its St Kilda home is renovated. During this time, Linden New Art will present new exhibitions by Melbourne artists Sam Leach and Kylie Stillman until the 6th of August, followed by new work by contemporary Aboriginal artists. 2nd of June. First Friday Dance Club. Let's dance. Get your groove on with a David Bowie-inspired dance-off at Southbank's Queensbridge Square. This free, lo-fi dance session is the last in its series, presented by the City of Melbourne. No need to book, just come along at 6pm. 2nd to the 11th of June, Melbourne International Jazz Festival. A stunning array of international headliners, intimate club gigs, 
late-night jams, close encounters, workshops, family events and free concerts across Melbourne. Melbourne International Jazz Festival is celebrating its 20th year of presenting extraordinary jazz in all its forms. 8th to the 12th of June Little Big Shots Discover Australia's International Film Festival for Kids at ACME. This year's program includes films from 20 countries by acclaimed professional and emerging filmmakers and some by kids themselves. 10th of June Game of Roans Head down to the meat market to be part of the ultimate celebration of the great grape varieties of the Rhone Valley. Game of Roans is celebrating its fifth year. 11th of June A Taste of Portugal Savour a Portuguese custard tart. Purchase colourful ceramics or Timorese Thais scarves. Dance to Brazilian rhythms. Listen to traditional fado singers. And learn about the tourism spots of Portugal at Queen Victoria Market. 11th, 14th, 16th and 18th of June. The Vidor Project. Hear Joseph Nolan, world-renowned interpreter of symphonic works for organ, perform Charles-Marie Vidor's ten-organ symphonies over five huge days on the famous Grand Organ at Melbourne Town Hall. This event is presented by the City of Melbourne. 14th to the 23rd of June, Emerging Writers' Festival. Discover Melbourne's vibrant writers' festival circuit with parties, performances, poetry slams, panels and networking events at various venues. The Emerging Writers' Festival is Australia's premier festival for new and emerging writers. 20th of June to the 16th of July. Model Citizens by Circus Oz. Embark on a visually and emotionally charged journey as the risk, beauty and rawness of acrobatic circus blends with pumping live music, stunning lighting, breathtaking physical improbability and humour. Presented by Circus Oz. See Model Citizens under the Big Top at Birrarung Ma. 29th of June to the 2nd of July. Melbourne Web Fest. Immerse yourself in screenings of more than 50 of the world's best web series, plus workshops, awards and a live pitching competition. Australia's International Web Series Festival takes place at various venues across the central city. 30th of June to the 9th of July. The World of Jane Austen Celebrate the life and works of Jane Austen through a series of events at our libraries during Melbourne Rare Book Week, including an exhibition at Library at the Dock. 1st to the 16th of July Cook's Cottage Activities Children and families are invited to explore the historic Cook's Cottage in the Fitzroy Gardens these school holidays to hunt for clues in a fun-filled and interactive adventure. Stick around for a special treat on completion. 7th of July Greater Together Exhibition Opening Curated by Annika Christensen, Greater Together assembles eight projects by Australian and international artists that explore notions of collaboration and cooperation in a complex and changing world. Presented by the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art. 12th to the 14th of July Eco City World Summit. 
International experts will unite to explore the sustainability risks and opportunities facing our cities and how we can create a better urban future. Hear big ideas and practical solutions at the Melbourne Conversations Public Forum on Thursday the 13th of July. 27th of July. Night Art. Melbourne will come alive after dark through a network of events at 25 galleries, museums, artist-run initiatives and undiscovered spaces. Curate your night or let art navigators guide your way across the central city with key sites at Flinders Lane and the University of Melbourne. 29th to the 30th of July, Open House Melbourne. Step behind the doors of 200 of Melbourne's most significant buildings for free during the 10th Open House Melbourne weekend. There are also a number of special free tours, talks and events happening throughout July. Until September, the Book of Mormon. Snap up tickets to the long-awaited Australian debut of the Book of Mormon, dubbed the best musical of this century by the New York Times. Despite its controversy, this show has won widespread acclaim and sold out every Broadway and West End performance since it opened. Sports 9th and 13th of June Chevrolet Brazil Global Tour Some of the world's most elite footballers, including Lionel Messi and Neymar, will grace the MCG turf when Brazil takes on Argentina on the 9th of June. The Caltech Socceroos will also test themselves against the world's best in their clash with Brazil on the 13th of June. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime sporting spectacular. Find more great events like this at whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au Get the word on what's on in the city. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter at whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash subscribe. Time travel at Arts House. Season 2 at Arts House will investigate place and displacement through a vibrant program of theatre, dance, music, poetry, installations and more. Award-winning South African artist Sathembele Mazane invites you to time travel in Excerpts from the Past, which bends historically gendered perspectives of colonialism. This work is a portal in time from the colonial era to the present, it addresses the repressed traumas that live and still breathe in various societies, Sathembele said. In this performance, associations of belonging, dislocation, displacement and contested claims to African land are narrated through various sound clips collated from the colonial and apartheid eras to the present. Sathembele is looking forward to her Australian debut in Melbourne following a challenging two years of study and creativity during which she has become an advocate for free education in South Africa and studied the histories of African women. For Sathembele, performance art can address repressed traumas and lingering social inequalities. It can also remind us of our mortality and interconnectedness. Performance art can be a language that is emotive, provocative and familiar, Sathembele said. It can remind us who we are, imagining empowered futures, or reflecting the ills that may collapse these futures. 
This work has been a learning curve for me and changes each time it has been performed. The kind of energy audiences evoke becomes part of the performance. Councillor Rohan Leppert, Chair of the Arts, Culture and Heritage Portfolio, said that the artists featured in Season 2 are testament to Melbourne's thirst for art that is bold, inspirational and participatory. In this time of change for Melbourne and the world, our role as a nexus for cultural expression and social connection is ever more important, Councillor Leppert said. Even a short walk through our streets, laneways and gardens reveals that Melbourne is a place that embraces and lives the creative. This enriches our daily lives and the economy. I encourage all Melburnians to discover something new this year. See an extraordinary show at Arts House. Explore public art. Stop and listen to a busker or even apply for a grant to create your own art. Excerpts from the past plays at Arts House in North Melbourne at 5pm on Saturday the 29th of July and 2pm on Sunday the 30th of July. Performances include Q&A with the artist. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash artshouse. Weight of the World Exhibition an art exhibition by youth from refugee and migrant backgrounds and their peers aims to give young people a voice and celebrate their powerful potential to create change. Year 9 student Hannah Buck is helping recruit young artists for the Weight of the World exhibition, which will capture unique responses to issues like forced migration and cultural dislocation. This exhibition is important because it teaches the participants about celebrating youth, culture and diversity, said Hannah, who will exhibit her photography at the event. The artists will be exploring the themes of social justice, mental health, community and inclusion. The Weight of the World exhibition is presented by Hotham Mission in association with local high schools and youth service organisations. Funds raised will support local communities in need. The City of Melbourne is providing a venue and prizes for the exhibition as part of its Refugee Welcome Zone Action Plan, which offers various programs to support newly arrived communities. The participants are using all sorts of interesting and unusual ways to express themselves creatively. I encourage everybody to come and see for themselves, Anna said. The exhibition will take place at Kensington Town Hall on Thursday the 15th of June from 5pm. Entry is by gold coin donation. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au An accompanying photograph shows children at the Hotham Mission's Mess Club preparing for the exhibition. Docklands Firelight Festival Burning sculptures on the water, fiery foods and fireworks will be highlights of winter celebrations at Docklands. Creative director Gil Minavini said the new firelight event will make people feel warm inside and out. Our vision is to create three nights of fire, food and music, something that will warm, excite and inspire our audiences to embrace winter and see Docklands in a new light, Gil said. The event features lots of fire, including the spectacular burning of large wooden sculptural effigies on the water by Melbourne artist 
Christian pattern. There'll also be great barbecue, bars, pop-up music and roving entertainment. Gill is no stranger to working with fire and water, having produced popular events at the Adelaide Festival, Tasmania's Dark Mofo and beyond in recent years. I'm happy when I'm part of something that brings people together to share new experiences, Gill said. It's important to bring people together and to celebrate the seasons in a communal way. This has been happening for thousands of years. I encourage everyone to wrap up and come out for something new at Docklands. Firelight will take place on New Quay Promenade from the 30th of June to the 2nd of July from 5pm. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash winter. Grants offer pedal power. Melburnians are kick-starting their creative small business concepts with grants from the City of Melbourne. Applications for the next round are open from the 10th of July to the 7th of August. Cycling enthusiasts Tice van der Heiden and Kent Kavanagh secured funding to take their electric bike leasing company Australian to the next level through a new website. In the Netherlands, where I'm from, Bike riding is a way of life for everybody, Tice said. Here in Melbourne, we too need to encourage bicycling as a transport tool for young and old, not just people wearing Lycra. It's faster, easier, healthier and reduces congestion. Many organisations offer employees car leasing through salary packaging. With the recent class ruling by the Australian Tax Office to include pedal-assist bicycles, Australian strives to see e-bike packages offered too, including servicing and maintenance, route-finding help and refresher courses for riders. Australian also offers pedal-assist cargo bicycles to suit tradesmen, couriers and parents dropping their kids at school. Our stretch goal would be to have 5,000 bikes on the road in three years, but we'd be happy just to make an impact on commuting, Kent said. During school holidays, traffic is reduced by around 10%. It sounds small, but it makes a big difference, especially in this time of change for the city. We'd like to make this sort of reduction more permanent. Since 2006, the City of Melbourne has provided more than $3.5 million in grants to 200 small businesses and social enterprises, generating more than 900 new jobs and $70 million in turnover. Applying for a business grant is a great opportunity to focus your project and retell your story. It will help you even if you're not successful, so go for it, Tice said. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash small business grants. The accompanying photograph shows Tice van der Heiden and Kent Kavanagh, who received a small business grant in 2016. Get stuck in at Art Play. Children and families are invited to co-create a giant artwork from colourful tape at Art Play when the Creative Hub reopens after building improvements in late July. Bryony Barr, the artist behind Tape It, said she first began exploring expanded drawing, working with tape as a line during her master studies. When I started working at Art Play, it gave me access to large groups of people, 
and an enormous space, so suddenly the possibilities multiplied, Bryony said. People can expect an open and creative environment that's about immersion and experimentation rather than specific artistic skills. This latest edition of family favourite workshop Tape It will be called Tape Me Home in celebration of Open House Melbourne. A giant cardboard house will be the centrepiece. Towards the end of the project, I run an undrawing. This part can be even more creative than the rest and involves removing tape to construct an object, Bryony said. People have made cars, wearable spinal cords, tape socks, echidnas, you name it, they've made it. I've even seen dads taped to the floor and walls. As well as being lots of fun, Tape It is a social experiment that reveals the patterns of human interaction and how we inspire each other through collaboration. The collaborative drawing process can be a reflection of life. Ideas spread. For example, once one person tries something new, then other people are more likely to do it, Bryony said. Two days of free, sticky fun, alongside an exhibition of portraits art directed by kids, begins on Saturday the 28th of July. No bookings required. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash artplay. An accompanying photograph shows a child with her undrawing. Busker's Dream Big Melbourne's reputation as a creative city is epitomised by its vibrant community of musicians, jugglers, puppeteers, visual artists and more who make the streets their stage. Welsh pianist Gareth Wico studied music at Cardiff University before travelling the world, recording his first album in Byron Bay and finally settling in Melbourne where he busks for a living. Busking in Melbourne has been a completely affirming experience. You never know who you'll meet, and every day is completely different to the next, Gareth said. I've had visual artists sketch me as I play, flash mobs of people dancing, and impromptu duets with incredible musicians. I've also had grieving members of the public who say that my music has helped them in some way. All of these connections I would never have dreamed of having if it wasn't for my music. For some musicians... Busking is a stepping stone to stardom, with popular acts like the Pierce Brothers and Tash Sultana achieving international success. Gareth hopes to follow in their footsteps. I've just completed a Bachelor of Production and Composition, Gareth said. My dream is to compose for filmmakers, game designers, contemporary dancers and other creators. Melbourne is the perfect place to work because it's full of artists. However, I don't think I'm quite ready to step away from busking completely just yet. The buskers of Melbourne recently united for a special fundraiser to support the victims of the Burke Street tragedy. Gareth encourages anyone looking to share their art with the world to apply for a busking permit and join the close-knit community of artists. Do it for the love. Share your art and your experience with the world. Allow people to connect with you and what you do, Gareth said. Some days may be hard, the weather may be rough and you may question your art, but always remember that you're making somebody else's day better through what you do. 
The City of Melbourne's busking guidelines aim to encourage diverse artists to showcase their craft while considering the needs of buskers, workers, locals and visitors alike. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash busking. The accompanying photograph shows pianist Gareth Wico busking on the streets of Melbourne. Dialogue in the Dark A unique program, which allows people to experience life without sight, is coming to Harbour Town at Docklands. Guide Dogs Victoria CEO Karen Hayes said Dialogue in the Dark is an exciting and immersive experience. People can expect to feel exhilarated, inspired, empathetic and often admiration for the guides, many of whom live in complete darkness every day, Karen said. The program not only creates employment for those living with blindness, but also lasting social impact, empathy and awareness. The City of Melbourne has provided a number of disused items, such as bins, benches and bike racks, to help recreate the everyday experiences that people have in our city. Melbourne will be the 40th global location for Dialogue in the Dark and the first location in Australia. Academic and Dialogue in the Dark guide, Francois Jacobs, said the experience will be short but potentially life-changing. The experience will help people discover their other senses again. How much we can tell from only hearing, smelling or touching something, Francois said. There are many myths and misconceptions around blindness and low vision, and I believe Dialogue in the Dark offers a fun and effective way to bust at least some of them. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au. The accompanying photograph shows Karen Hayes and Francois Jacobs with guide dogs Willow and Nordic at Docklands. Art for all cultures. Aboriginal artists Judith Young and her daughter Linnell are sharing their creative practice with North Melbourne's Melrose Art Group. Judith said the Art for All Cultures program has united people from many backgrounds. All the participants are elders and come from many different countries, Judith said. It's been great to see their love for painting and how, through art, we can share and learn from each other about culture and family while developing new techniques. Judith grew up watching her parents and grandfather create art, including boomerangs and other artefacts, she enjoys passing these traditions on through her children and the wider community. At the Melrose Art Group, we have worked with watercolour, acrylic, pyrography, or hot wire burning, and silk painting, Judith said. I use storytelling to talk about how we apply our markings, symbols, and stories into our art. The participants are then asked to apply their own stories and symbols. The group has really taken hold of this approach, and it makes the transfer of skills and knowledge much more fluid and enjoyable as it creates an opportunity for them to tell their stories. And they like a yarn. Judith hopes that the art program continues to grow, bringing together more artists from different cultures and resulting in a multicultural exhibition. Art for All Cultures takes place at the Jean McKendry Neighbourhood Centre, supported by the City of Melbourne. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au.
The accompanying photo shows Judith Young with silk paintings by the Melrose Art Group. Men's Shed Seeks New Mates It's a Tuesday morning at the Melbourne Men's Shed, tucked away underneath Federation Square, where the sounds of the city make way for laughter, hammers and drills. Today, following their regular morning coffee and chat, members are busy making toys for the Royal Children's Hospital or just waiting for the glue to dry on various woodwork projects. Secretary John Howarth is helping his daughter prepare materials for her primary school art class. One of the best things about the men's shed is its proximity to where we live, John said. We also have a magnificent workshop set up with precision tools, which allows you to do things that you couldn't possibly do in your own shed with limited resources and space. Of course, it's also about conversation, friendship, the exchange of ideas solving problems among ourselves, and just good fun. The community spirit of the group has seen the men's shed form partnerships with organisations like The Big Issue and Wildlife Victoria, making everything from giant Jenga sets to possum boxes. Chairman Andrew Stefanetti said that the group also enjoys walks and workshops that capitalise the unique skills of its growing network and promote health and well-being. A popular cooking program aims to teach us how to cook and eat healthily through simple recipes. In recent weeks, we've made and shared pizza, pancakes and Vietnamese rice paper rolls, Andrew said. What I enjoy most is that the classes build up a social atmosphere through the day and beyond. Despite the name, the men's shed is inclusive to men and women of all ages, backgrounds and abilities. Today, there's a retired engineer, a geologist, a photographer and an IT guru in the workshop. Several members say that they missed having space to create after retiring to smaller city dwellings. For them, the men's shed has become an updated version of the classic Australian backyard shed. There are a lot of people living in apartments, looking at the four square walls or out at the city skyline. This is a place where you can come and do something creative, John said. If you've got an interest in woodwork, cooking or socialising, or you're just looking for a place to come for a change of scenery, come along and join us. The more members we have, the richer the experience the men's shed can offer. We'll teach you and you'll teach us. It's a two-way street, John said. The Melbourne Men's Shed was established with funding from the City of Melbourne and the State Government. The Melbourne Men's Shed is located at Level 1 of the Federation Square car park, accessible either by the car park lift or via a doorway from Princess Walk on the riverside at Birrarung Mar. The Men's Shed is open Mondays and Tuesdays from 10am to 2pm and Wednesday evenings from 5pm to 9pm. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash social support. The accompanying photograph shows John Howarth and Andrew Stefanetti holding wooden toys made at the men's shed at Federation Square. The Art of Sisterhood Kimberly Moulton, proud Yorta Yorta woman and senior curator at Museums Victoria, shares her passion for contemporary Indigenous art through a new exhibition at City Gallery. Recenter, Sisters, 
was launched as part of the Yurumboy First Nations Arts Festival. What was your inspiration for Recenter Sisters? I'd been thinking for some time about the importance of sisterhood and matriarchy to healthy communities. As an Aboriginal woman living on Kulin country, having been mentored by many amazing women from across Australia and having an incredible friendship circle of women, both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal, sisterhood is very important in my life. What is the theme of the exhibition? For a long time, Aboriginal women's roles have been written out of history, or at least pushed to the periphery. With Recenter Sisters, I wanted to bring together some new and existing artwork that voices the importance of our role in activism, healthy communities and cultural maintenance. In short, the exhibition aims to share works that recenter matriarchal narratives. What types of artists are featured? The exhibition features a great mix of artists from across Australia. All the artworks embody resistance to historical patriarchal dominance through a space of female empowerment and assertion. For example, the video Still I Rise by Hannah Bronte is a super feminist, brightly coloured imagining of Australia's future matriarchy, exploring what a parliament might look like if it were run by Aboriginal women and other women of colour. How is the landscape of Aboriginal art changing? The artists featured in this exhibition are making serious waves, but art doesn't have to fit into Western ideologies of the contemporary canon for the work to be meaningful. Art's practice is also culture, and it is fluid and ongoing. It can be of the past, and it runs through us today. We've been making art since time immemorial, and when it is placed in a white cube of a gallery, it can take on a whole new meaning. Galleries are improving their collections of Aboriginal art, but we still have a long way to go. What do you hope to achieve through this project? I hope visitors to the exhibition get a strong sense of black matriarchy, the power of sisterhood, and what this means in terms of politics and cultural maintenance, language and healing. The artworks speak to these themes strongly, and they also speak to one another. I hope to keep building on the idea of sisterhood and matriarchy in my next shows and keep working with more deadly women. Recenter Sisters is a free exhibition at City Gallery until the 5th of August. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash City Gallery. Accompanying photos show curator Kimberly Moulton and a still from Hannah Bronte's 2016 video, Still I Rise. In brief, business breakfast. Retail and hospitality businesses within the municipality are invited to attend Melbourne's next business breakfast in July. This event is a great forum to build networks and find out about upcoming opportunities. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash business breakfast. India Mission. City of Melbourne representatives have just returned from a mission to India to build networks and stimulate international business opportunities in key sectors, including urban design, clean technologies and transport systems. The visit was part of the Council's Doing Business Globally framework. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash sister cities. 
Victoria Jiangsu Incubator. The City of Melbourne and a network of partners are launching an incubator project to provide Melbourne startups and entrepreneurs with market access and support to extend their businesses to China. Stay tuned for more details. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash sister cities. Melbourne Awards. Nominations are closing soon for the Melbourne Awards, which honour outstanding contributions to our community, environment, multiculturalism and profile. Registrations close the 5th of June, with submissions due by the 11th of July. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Melbourne Awards. Creative Writing Awards. Applications close on the 31st of August for the Lord Mayor's Creative Writing Awards, which offer up to $12,000 for Melbourne's budding wordsmiths. Categories include short stories, poetry, novella, narrative non-fiction and life writing for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash writing awards. Your Council The Right Honourable Lord Mayor Robert Doyle Portfolio Chair Major Projects and Major Events Aboriginal City and Transport Interim Phone 9658 9658 Email lordmayor at melbourne.vic.gov.au Deputy Lord Mayor Aaron Wood Portfolio Chair Finance and Governance Phone 9658 9658 Email aaron.wood that's spelled A-R-R-O-N dot W-O-O-D at melbourne.vic.gov.au Nicholas Francis Gilly MBE Portfolio Chair, Transport, phone 9658-9038, email nicholas.francisgilly, that's spelled n-i-c-o-l-a-s dot f-r-a-n-c-e-s-g-i-l-l-e-y at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Rohan Leppert, Portfolio Chair, Arts, Culture and Heritage, phone 9658-9051. Email rohan.leppert, that's spelled R-O-H-A-N dot L-E-P-P-E-R-T, at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Philip Leloux, Portfolio Chair, International Engagement, phone 9658-9630. Email philip.leloux, that's spelled P-H-I-L-I-P dot L-E-L-I-U at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Kevin Louie, Portfolio Chair, Prosperous City, phone 9658-9170 Email kevin.louie, that's spelt K-E-V-I-N dot L-O-U-E-Y at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Cathy Oak, Portfolio Chair, Environment, Phone 9658-9086. Email kathy.oak, that's spelt C-A-T-H-Y dot O-K-E, at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Nicholas Rees, Portfolio Chair, Planning. Phone 9658-9704. Email nicholas.rees, that's spelt N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S dot R-E-E-C-E 
at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Susan Riley, Portfolio Chair, Small Business, Retail and Hospitality, phone 9658 9636, email susan.riley, that's spelled S-U-S-A-N dot R-I-L-E-Y, at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Tessa Sullivan, Portfolio Chair, People City, phone 9658 9056, email tessa.sullivan, that's spelled T-E-S-S-A dot S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Jackie Watts, Portfolio Chair, Knowledge City, phone 9658 8580, email jackie.watts, that's spelled J-A-C-K-I-E dot W-A-T-T-S at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Postal address for all councillors, City of Melbourne, GPO Box 1603, Melbourne, Victoria, 3001. Fax for all councillors, 03 9658 Council meetings, June, Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 6th of June, 5.30pm. Special Future Melbourne Committee, Thursday the 15th of June, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 20th of June, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 27th of June, 5.30pm. July, Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 4th of July, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 18th of July, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 25th of July, 5.30pm. All committee meetings are held in Council Meeting Room, Level 2, Melbourne Town Hall, Swanston Street, Melbourne. All Council meetings are held in Council Chamber, Public Gallery, Level 3, Melbourne Town Hall, Swanston Street, Melbourne. On occasion, council meetings are rescheduled or special meetings of the committees and council are called. For upcoming council and committee meeting dates and times, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au. Changes to the meeting schedule are published at melbourne.vic.gov.au and on the notice board at the front of the Melbourne Town Hall Administration Building. Lord Mayor's Commendations Mark Tian, Crystal Heart. The decision to trade in his career as a seismologist to pursue meditation in India paid off tenfold for Mark Tian. There, he discovered his love of gems and crystals, which prompted him to open New Age gift shop Crystal Heart in Perth in 1986. Four years later, he moved the business to Carlton, where the store is still a tranquil oasis on busy Ligon Street. Inside is an Aladdin's cave of rare gems, healing stones, aromatherapy, self-help books and gifts. There's also a range of jewellery, much of it designed by Mark himself. I love that Taoist saying that a 1,000-mile journey starts with the first step. To me, this means make sure the first step is the right one, Mark said. I still remember the day I sat in Perth, jobless, with mouths to support, and asking myself one question. How can I make money, be my own boss, and yet help people 
Crystal Heart was where my interests in geology, evolution, love, business and meditation all came together. The first step was the right one. After reading Tarot in a market, Mark opened a small, permanent stall selling crystals, tapes and self-help books. This really took off and was the genesis of Crystal Heart, which has since become the longest-running single-owner business of its kind in Australia. Every day, people enter this special space just to relax in the atmosphere here, get advice from my wonderful team and enjoy the beautiful energy of our crystals and gemstones, Mark said. I'm really proud that Crystal Heart survives alongside all the chain stores because it tells everyone passing by that the new age search for consciousness, change and self-development is a very real thing. For Mark, Crystal Heart is so much more than just a business. People comment on how much determination and dedication I've displayed to keep the heart going for over three decades, through good times and bad, Mark said. But I don't see it like that at all. I feel blessed because I've been given this opportunity to fulfil my life's purpose. Mark's business was recognised in the Lord Mayor's Commendations, which celebrate the long-term commitment of the 13,000 independent small businesses in the City of Melbourne. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash commendations. The businesses featured on this page are all recipients of Lord Mayor's commendations. The commendations recognise the long-term commitment and contributions of Melbourne's small business proprietors and family-run businesses to the City of Melbourne. An accompanying photograph shows Mark Tian in his shop. Contact City of Melbourne Phone 03-9658-9658 7.30am to 6pm Online melbourne.vic.gov.au and melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash contact us. National Relay Service Teletypewriter TTY users phone 133677 then ask for 03-9658-9658. Speak and Listen users phone 1300-555-727 then ask for 03 9658-9658 In person? Melbourne Town Hall, Administration Building, 120 Swanston Street, Melbourne, 7.30am to 5pm, Monday to Friday. Connect. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Twitter, twitter.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Postal address? City of Melbourne, GPO Box 1603, Melbourne, Victoria 3000. Feedback. To provide feedback, contact the City of Melbourne or email melbournemag at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Online version? Subscribe to the online version at melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Melbourne Mag. Audio version. To receive a copy, contact Vision Australia. Email john.rojas, that's spelt J-O-H-N dot R-O-J-A-S at visionaustralia.org or phone 03 8378 
1252. Interpreter Services We cater for people of all backgrounds. Please call 03 9280 0726. Amharic 03 9280 0716. Cantonese 03 9280 0717. Greek 03 9280 0718. Italian 03 Disclaimer all applicable copyrights reserved for the City of Melbourne, except for any uses permitted under the Copyright Act, 1968, Commonwealth, no part of this publication may be reproduced in any manner or in any medium, whether electronic or otherwise, without the express permission of the City of Melbourne. You have been listening to Melbourne, your City of Melbourne magazine, June-July 2017. This production has been made possible by the City of Melbourne in the interests of information accessibility. This audio version has been produced by Accessible Information Solutions of Vision Australia. Website www.visionaustralia.org Please contact Reader Services on 1300 654 656 if you need to change your contact details or cancel your subscription. If you're listening to a CD sent to you by Vision Australia, there is no need to return it. It is yours to keep. Care has been taken in the recording of this publication, but Accessible Information Solutions of Vision Australia does not accept responsibility for the results of specific action taken on the basis of this recording, nor for any error or omission. This recording is copyright. No unauthorised copying, broadcasting or public performance is permitted. Your narrator was David Tredinick. This concludes the recording.